Hi, love, and welcome to Listening to Your Gut. My name is Kelly Bluth, and I am a certified holistic nutritionist with a passion and purpose in this life to educate and serve others like you. As a woman with two autoimmune conditions, I have found the power in embracing a holistic lifestyle to support my overall well-being. In each episode, I will share inspiration, tips, or research-proven strategies that will help you to listen to your gut literally and figuratively. Together, we will work to honor our mind, body, and soul through holistic wellness. I am so pumped we are on this journey together. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the Listening to Your Gut podcast. Today I am sharing with you something that I haven't shared with really anyone other than my family. No one really knows about this, so I'm going to open up and be vulnerable again and share with you something that has impacted my entire life from the day that I was born, Um, and that is a condition called or a birth defect called craniostenosis. So if you don't know what that is, it is a birth defect in which the bones of a baby's skull join together too early, and this happens before a baby's brain is fully formed. Um, So as a baby grows, the skull then can become more misshapen because essentially the skull is not growing and the brain is growing, and so... um, it causes a bulge, right? Your your head can start to bulge. So that actually happened to me when my parents, um, when my mom gave birth to me, she actually uh, had a C-section. Um, and when they pulled me out, um, they knew, she knew immediately that something was wrong. Um, I had, you know, a bulge uh, on the front of my forehead. And so immediately I was whisked away from my mom, which, you know, is traumatizing to her. I mean, I, I remember so many times her sharing with me how traumatizing that was, and, and for my dad, too. Um, but I was, yeah, I was whisked away. I had surgery the day that I was born um, because of this, and then ultimately, two years later, um, my skull started to stop growing again and so I had to have another surgery so I actually do have like a headband scar that goes from ear to ear um, across my head obviously you can't see it because my hair is covering it but um, I can feel it and I also have a bump um, on the top of my head just from you know all of um, all of what I dealt with, um, with that birth defect. So, um, I want to dive in just a little bit more into, um, craniostenosis today. I want to share with you, you know, like what are some potential causes of it or or how, um, you might be more prone to a child, to having a child with, uh, with this birth defect. Um, I'm not going to dive into everything today because there's just a lot to unpack and, um, if you want me to go into more depth and unpack some other things, I definitely can. Um, but I just really want to share my story today. I, I want to share with you the background of this birth defect, um, how extremely rare it is. It was, uh, at, at the time of my birth, it was about one in a thousand um, babies would be born with this condition in the United States, and now it's one in 2,500. So definitely with the advancements, with the knowledge we have around this birth defect, um, 
in the health field, we definitely have come a long way and there are less babies that are, that, you know, have to go through this heart-wrenching um, process of, you know, healing their their head um, and, you know, getting it back to, to a healthy state. But uh, yeah, I, I want to just, like I said, dive into really what it is, um, you know, uh, dibble dabble in, in a lot of things. Um, what are some potential uh, side effects of this, you know, um, and and then also really just share my story uh, in terms of how it imp- has impacted me uh, throughout my life, because it definitely has. And um you know, only in the past two to three years, really, since I was turned about about 30, 29 or 30, I, I really started to just come into my own, come into myself and, and wor- not worry about, um, you know, what people potentially think or don't think or um, anything of that sort. So we'll get into all of that. But um, like I said, I do want to share more about the condition. So again, it's called craniostenosis. It is a birth defect. Um and so what happens is essentially these sutures, they're flexible material um, that's in a baby's skull, they are attached to the bones and the bones close too early. Um, they're supposed to close around two years of life, um, so about the two-year-old mark range. Um, and so obviously that happens in someone with craniostenosis, that happens a lot earlier. Um, and... So there are actually four different types of craniostenosis. The one I believe I have, and I should have checked with my dad. I'm feeling like I might have to do another one of these episodes with a continuation of this regardless, and maybe just have my dad come in and share um, more and maybe just, you know, have him almost like in an interview style uh, episode so that I can ask him some more questions because I I know a lot from what my mom told me. Obviously, my mom's not here anymore. And my dad also has shared quite a bit with me too, but it's just a lot. Um, (laughs) It's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to process. And so um, sometimes I rely on my dad to share with me, you know, some things that I may have forgotten or just that I may not know the the fine details of. Um, But I believe I had what's called the sagittal synostosis, say that three times fast. Um, and so that is where the sagittal sutures run along the top of the head. Um, and when this closes too early, the head will grow long and narrow. Um, and this is typically the, the most common type out of the four, um, that individuals that babies are born with. Um, so in terms of, you know, what are the risk factors, you know, how might someone, um, be born with this? Well, again, it's just, there's there's no true evidence that this is why. However, there are linking uh, suspicions, connections to um, those that are born with this defect in individuals whose mothers had some sort of thyroid issue either before or during pregnancy. Um, there's also some evidence uh, backing up or some indication backing up that maybe certain medications such as um, fertility medications, one in specific would be clomiphene citrate. And then of course, just genetics plays a factor and as well as environmental factors. So, um, you know, my mom had thyroid issues, but not until I would say it was probably a good 10, maybe 15 years 
down the road after I was born that she developed um, a thyroid nodule and she had half of her thyroid out. Now she never ended up having um, hypothyroidism like I did, but um, she, well, maybe she did. Goodness gracious. <laughs> now I can't remember. I Again, this is something I'll have to ask my dad because for the life of me, I, I don't believe she en ever ended up having um, hypothyroidism. Like, I don't think she was ever on medication. I, I, of course, am because I have Hashimoto's hyperthyroidism, but I'm not sure that she ever did. But regardless, she, you know, was never diagnosed, never, you know, that we know of had any issues with her thyroid um, at the time that I was born. Could she have and, and we didn't know? Um, uh, of course, right? So maybe that's a contributing factor for me. Um, you know, I clearly had the genetics for this type of birth defect to happen. Um, and, you know, I also wonder, I, I don't know, but my dad was 40 when he had me. Uh, my mom was 30. She would have been 33 then when she had me. So, you know, my mom was still fairly young, but my dad was an, an older um, an older dad at that point. And so, uh, you know, do I wonder, could it have been maybe, you know, the fact that my dad was a little bit older, did that maybe play some sort of role? I don't know. Um, will I ever know? Probably not because <laughs> to that end, my mom, uh, enrolled me in so many studies and, and with that, you know, just really shared my, my birth history and, um, you know, the, the documents she had from, um, all the surgeries and things with, uh, countless, countless research, um, institutions, countless hospitals, you know, well, well-known hospitals, um, Johns Hopkins, um, being one of them, I believe. And, uh, you know, they still don't know. It's still a, a toss up as to why, you know, there's, there's, you know, sneaking suspicions, like I mentioned earlier, but I don't think, you know, we'll ever know, unfortunately. Um, but so yeah, those are really like the four main risk factors that at this point, you know, are, are um, leading doctors to think that, you know, this is potentially causing babies to be born with this. Like I said earlier, at this point, it's one in 2,500 babies that are born this way. So it's very rare. But if you, you know, if you have some sort of genetic abnormality, you know, maybe there's some environmental factors that are um, playing into the, the birth of your child. Um, you know, you are maybe potentially taking this fertility medication, clomiphene citrate, or you have or develop during, you have had before or developed during pregnancy thyroid issues, you know, those, those could um, increase your risk. It doesn't mean you're going to have a baby that's born with this condition, but it just could increase your risk. Um, and so, you know, I want to dive into what the signs of craniostenosis, like how, how would you know that a baby has this? Well, like I said, I was born with a bulge. Um, like the, the front of my forehead had like a, a bulge. Um, you know, so my forehead was not like a typical rounded forehead like you'd see on a baby that's born. Um, so that was like red flag number one, right? Um, they also typically, baby, those babies don't have a soft spot on their skull um, because, of course, you have to cut the head open and then, you know, um, do some surgery to, to fix the issue. Um, there could also be raised areas on the head where the suture is closed early. And um, the other the other sign is that there's just slow or no growth of a baby's head size over time. 
Um, so the long-term effects uh, of this would be that, you know, you have this abnormal head shape. Um, you could potentially have developmental delays. You could potentially have intellectual disabilities. So like learning, memory, speech, and communication. Um, and if it's not addressed, this can lead to blindness, seizures, or brain damage. So I, I would like to just stop for a moment and hopefully I don't get too emotional about this, but I, um, have clearly none of those. Um, so I am truly grateful in every sense of that word, truly blessed in every sense of that word to have come out on the other side of that, right? Um, sorry, I am getting a little emotional, uh, to have come out on the other side of that and, uh, you know, really been able to live a full life. Now, while I haven't had to deal with those types of, um, repercussions of the birth defect, uh, I still have had my fair share of battles, which I'll dive into here in just a little bit. Um, actually, I'll go ahead and just dive into it now because uh, we're really to that point. Um, so yeah, like I said, I had surgery when I was born, the day I was born, and then again at age two because my... Um, my skull was closing up again. It was it was not uh, allowing my brain to continue to, to grow. So, um, like I said, I have a scar from ear to ear um, that you know if I pull back my hair, you can you can see it. Um, I also have a bump on my head. I'm not quite sure what exactly that's from. I think, like I just said, just like the trauma of the um, of the surgeries and just the way that my my skull or my head formed after that. Um, I actually wore a helmet um, when after my second surgery, just to protect my head, but also to help form my head um, to you know help shape it. Um, so it was the cutest little thing with the helmet on. My mom would always say, and I would look at the pictures, you know, after the fact and be like, yeah, I was super cute with that on. But um, you know, I had had to wear that for some time. Um, and I actually had yearly checkups uh, with, I'm not sure whether it was a CT scan or an MRI, but I had yearly scans um, and checkups with the doctor that performed the surgeries for me um, at the local children's hospital. I did that, uh, like I said, from the time I was born to age 13. And, you know, then also I, I went through developmental delay screenings, including hearing and sight, um, and, you know, all of those cleared and, and checked out okay. I did, when I was five years old, um, I did go to the doctor um, and did find out that I had some some eyesight issues in terms of I had one nearsighted, one farsighted eye. Um, and then I also had the, the onset of a lazy eye. I don't ever remember seeing that, but... Um, ended up doing like a little patch type thing where I would put a patch over my glasses, one, one of my glasses to strengthen, uh, my eyesight. And so that, that went away, um, pretty quickly, but then I wore glasses and then contacts up until I was about 25 or 26 when I had LASIK. And so now I don't wear glasses at all. Um, so other than, you know, the, the sight, and again, I don't know if that was, um, you know, just genetics in terms of my dad um wore glasses for quite some time i don't know if it was you know just i inherited it from him or if it was related to my birth defect i'm not sure but other than you know um not having perfect eyesight that um, was really the only um 
the only outcome that was, you know, maybe negative, if you would say, um, if, if you wanted to, to say that was negative from this birth defect. Um, however, uh, this birth defect left me extremely self-conscious throughout my life. Um, and like I said, up until about two or three years ago, I, um, I don't want to say I just stopped caring, but I just realized that I am who I am and what happened to me as a baby at birth is what makes me me, right? It's what makes me unique. Um, you know, I was self-conscious of uh, my head shape. Uh, I remembered going to um, one of my checkups uh, when I was older. I want to say maybe it was, you know, 10, 11, or 12 when I really had more of a sense of what was, you know, why I was there and, and what was happening um, at these checkups. And I remember the check-in desk, the the um, reason for me visiting on the chart said, um, or not the reason for me, yeah, maybe it was the reason or it was just like the description of what my, my quote-unquote issue was, was it what it said, um, abnormal head shape. And I just thought to myself at the time, it's always stuck with me. Um, I just thought, wow, like that's, you know, that's what I'm seen as, like that's what I'm labeled as. Um, sorry. Um, and so, yeah, I took that to heart, um, throughout my life. Uh, thankfully I had incredible parents and incredible, uh, brother, um, that just really never said anything. Um, you know, never made me feel bad, never made me feel different. Um, because, you know, in their eyes, I wasn't different, right? And I get that. Um, but yeah, that always, sorry, that always um, really bothered me. And I, you know, would um, overanalyze people looking me at me as a child or even you know, as a young adult. Um, people looking at me and thinking like, God, like, why is her head so, you know, long or looks, you know, looks bigger than other people's heads. Um, and, um, you know, so yeah, that, that was definitely tough. Um, this has really nothing to do with it, but I, while I'm on the, the note of feeling self-conscious, um, I always too, like, as I got older, started to feel like because of my head shape, kind of my nose then kind of stuck out a little bit more and seemed a little bit longer, right? Um, or pointier. And I was also teased for that um, as a child, you know, in, in middle school, um, really in the end of elementary school. Um, that's when I remember it the most. I don't know if anyone really said anything in middle school, maybe once or twice. And then I really don't remember um, hardly anything um being troublesome in high school, but it was just, I always built up this, um, lack of confidence in myself because of those, those things early on, right? Those, those stick with you, those hit home. And, uh, so yeah, um, I think the biggest thing I want to share with you is that, you know, I no longer hide my birth defect. Like if you notice that my head maybe looks a little bit different than most, okay, cool. If, um, you know, you notice that maybe my forehead looks a little bit different on one side or the other, like, you know, maybe it's shaping a little bit different on one side or the other. 
cool, great, right? Like I, um, and, and you probably don't notice it like on Instagram, social media and things. It's not very noticeable. And even in public, it's not really noticeable, right? Um, so I, I don't want you to think like, whoa, how come I've never noticed it? I've, I notice it, right? Because I'm me, I live in my body on a daily basis, right? So I'm overly um, analytical of my body and um, and the way I look, right? I think a lot of times we all can naturally be that way. And so, you know, living in my body now, because today is the 9th when I'm recording this, it will be released on Monday, the 10th. But at the time, you know, I this is my 32nd birthday. So um, you know, I've been in my body for 32 years, right? So I know quite a bit of, I know myself pretty darn well, right? Um, and so, yeah, I think the, the biggest thing I want to just share with you um, today is that I, one, no longer have um, any reservations in sharing this with people. I'm not self-conscious about it in the slightest. It's it's what makes me me. I love me. <laughs> and... Um, my story is unique, right? I've shared this on Instagram, on social media. I don't know anybody who has gone through this. Um, there was a, a boy, I think my age, um, if not maybe a little younger, a little older, that my mom had told me about when I was young that was also diagnosed with this or, or had this um, birth defect when he was born, but he actually had some other, on top of it, some other... Um, some other, um, goodness, I can't find the word, uh, syndrome. There we go. He had, uh, like an, a syndrome, um, on top of this. And so he actually had, um, I believe he had webbed feet and hands, um, was what my mom had shared with me. Um, I, I don't, I haven't, I never kept in touch with him. It was more so my mom was, uh, kept in touch with his mom just because, you know, like me sharing, I don't know anybody. She didn't know anybody either, right? My mom didn't know anybody who had, um, who had a, a child with this type of condition, and so or with this type of birth defect, and so, um, yeah, I, I share this because it's something that um, I want you to be aware of about myself. That I'm again, like I said, no longer self conscious about it. Um, it's it's me. It's who I am. Um, I want people to know about it. I want people now to be informed about it. And um, I definitely know I will do more on this. There definitely will be a part two, maybe even a part three. I don't know when exactly all of those will come out. But as I'm sitting here, I'm realizing like so many other things I want to share with you that I could go on and on for for hours um, doing so. And so I, I will because it has impacted me, um, I believe, in in more than one way throughout my life. You know, obviously the, the self-conscious piece, which I've cut, overcome at this point, but I believe there are other things in, in my life that have, um, that have come up. Um, if not a majority of the reason, um, it's come up, it, it's quite an impactful reason that some of these things have come, come up in, in what I've read and, um, just in my beliefs overall. So, yeah, that is that. Um, I, I hope that this episode leaves you feeling inspired, even if you are not born with a birth defect uh, like mine. I hope this leaves you inspired to overcome any obstacles, any challenges in your life, and to look above and rise above 
the the comments, the um, the stereotypes of people that have birth defects or that are born with um, it, these abnormalities, uh, because we are all great people and um, we go on to do such great things, many of us. And I just want to be an inspiration to everyone out there that either has a child with a birth defect, is someone who was born with a birth defect, um, or knows someone that had a child or that had their own birth defect, because you are all freaking fantastic. You're incredible. You are inspiring. And I just so appreciate you. So... With that being said, I hope you have a fantastic Monday and we will chat soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with a friend. It is my mission to support as many women as possible and together we can make that a reality. I am honored to be on this journey together. Until next time, I love you. I'm always here for you and I'll talk to you soon.